Shalom and welcome again to another edition of the Seekers of Meaning, the podcast arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address. Um, today, we, we want to interrupt some of the usual flow to bring you a very, very special guest. Um, and I want to thank Paul Kaplan from the Jewish Relief Network for helping to arrange this. Um, and of course, our producer, Steve Lubeckin, for rearranging some of the technical stuff. And we want to immediately go right to our special guest. And that is Rabbi Mendel Moskowitz, who's coming to us from um, Israel, having recently, um, I guess the right word is escape with his family uh, from Ukraine, from the city of Kharkiv. So Baruch Abba, Rabbi Moskowitz, uh, it is a pleasure to welcome you to this edition of Seekers of Meaning. Um, and I will hope you're safe. And I hope, and first of all, your family and you are safe somewhere in Israel right now, I, I, from what I imagine. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, yes. So, first of all, uh, let's get right to this. Just, if you can, just tell us the story. Um, this is posting on the beginning of August. How long have you been in Israel? How many weeks, months? So this is this whole story from when the war started. Um, so uh, we have been in Israel now about over three months, over a hundred okay. days since the war has begun. <laughs> so you escaped from Kharkiv, right? And you were the you were involved with the Jewish community, head of the Jewish community, or the Chabad community, whatever. Uh, just tell me that in in the city of Kharkiv, which is for those of us who have not, for those there may be one or two people who have not seen this map on the news every single day here in the U.S., Kharkiv is to the east of uh, Kiev, correct? So Kharkiv is, is on the opposite, yes, yes, it's right, right next to the Russian border. And uh, it's a very interesting story, actually, how, how we got we got there. Uh, if I may, in 1990, uh, the Lubavitch Rebbe, a very firm, famous persona in the, in the Jewish nation who did a lot for, for Jewry all around the world, sent a few families, including my father, and I was then a little baby, uh, to Kharkov, Ukraine, which is the second, or Kharkiv in, in, in Ukrainian, which mm-hmm. is the second largest city in, in Ukraine with uh, about a million and a half people. Uh, when we came there in 1990, after World War II, there were still 50,000 Jews there. Over the years, many went to Israel. And before the war, there were still about 20,000 Jews left. Throughout the years, we built schools, we built a huge community there, very successful community. Anybody could look up in the news, see some pictures about Kharkov, about the Jewish community there. It's unbelievable. And just about a month before the war started, we started getting all these messages from the, from, especially from America and from Israel that a war is going to, 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 there's going to be a war and people in Ukraine did not believe that something like this could ever happen. And uh, we chose to stay with our community, especially these hard times, because the community there is, is already part of our family. 32 years, my father has been building that up, and I came together with my wife and kids for the past eight years. Uh, we're building up the community. We have relationships with all the people. Uh, anybody who was part of a community could, could relate uh, to what I'm to what I'm saying. You can't just leave everybody behind. So especially nobody, nobody then was leaving. So we made the decision that we have to be there for them. Even though from Israel and America, uh, the, all the news networks were very sure that a war would happen. Uh, and they were right. Uh, a terrible war, war broke out in, Mar- I think, March 24th. And we were there for a week and two days. And um, I have to say, it was the most horrific experience of my life. 
uh, for me, for my family, for my community, a week of bombing and shelling and just horror, horror. The, the Russians have, as they say, uh, as they say in Yiddish, Ankein Rachmanis, with no mercy. Uh, they just right. bombed, bombed the heck out of the city. The, per- the first few weeks, about 30% of the city was destroyed. Um, so, so terrible. And, and, and we had, we just had to leave. Uh, we had to leave and take out our, our community together with us. Uh, that was a very tough task that we're still dealing with till, till this day. Uh, taking out 20,000 people is not something you could just do in, in a few days or a few weeks. It's a process. Um, a lot of people need convincing to leave. A lot of people can't leave because they're part of the army or, or their wives and kids want to stay with their husbands or fathers. It is a very, very tough situation that we're in. And, um, and thankfully, we have a lot of beautiful people like you and other people who are showing constant support. Uh, first of all, just, just awareness itself. Just, just the awareness that we're sitting here talking about Ukraine. Some people forgot that there's a war going on. In America, it's still in the news, but in places like Israel, other places is not as much as it used to be. So, so a very part of, important part of what we're doing now is just raising awareness, uh, about in general, about what is going on in Ukraine. And, uh, and also what we're doing, we're fundraising, helping out also the community there in, in any way possible. So back to, back to our escape, it took us about three days to, to get out of uh, Kharkiv, uh, which is a whole story for itself. We want many miracles happened to us during the way. We, we, we missed uh, a bomb on the way. We, we weren't hit and we saw tanks, uh, Russian tanks on the side of the road. Uh, truly a, a horrifying experience. And, and our hearts were broken for, for all the Jews that were left behind there and for all the people that were left behind there. So thankfully, uh, we, we had enough food to feed our community and even to feed other people who from the city that came to our synagogue to ask for food. Uh, even the mayor of the city came and thanked us for, for providing food also for the local people, not just for our Jewish community. Uh, and this is something very, very important for us. This is something that in Ukraine in general, the, financial situation was never great. Even before the war, there was a lot of poor people. So this is something we dealt with so many times, uh, but nothing like at this scale, right? We, we, there was a lot of people who needed medicine and a lot of people who needed help, but not at this scale. People were just thousands of people came, hundreds of people came to find shelter in the synagogue and are still there up to today. Uh, and when we went out, thankfully, we have the home of Israel. Thank you. Thankfully, the Jewish people have where to go. And we escaped. We, we got, uh, already tens of buses took out, uh, our community members from Kharkov to the other side of Ukraine where it's a bit more, a bit safer. And many came to Israel, hundreds just from the city of Kharkov and many, many more from the whole Ukraine. Uh, just in Ukraine itself, we have 150 rabbis. So a very big network. Uh, Chabad has took, we, we took out tens of thousands of people so far. And uh, in Kharkov itself, a few thousand. And there's still a few thousand left just in Kharkov and a few tens of thousands of Jews that are still left in Ukraine. So our job is is to keep them safe, help the ones who came here to Israel, help them with finding job, finding finding a place to live, finding the right community, uh, because it's, it's hard. The culture differences are, are big. Even, even if you're Jewish, right. you know, there's American Jews, there's Ukrainian Jews, there's Israeli Jews, uh, a lot of cultural differences. So you, you, you went from Kharkiv to the West. Um, 
And then how did you get from, from the West to, to Israel? I mean, it's not quite walking to the airport and hopping an LL flight. Um, <laughs> yes. My son on the way out from Kharkov, uh, through all the bombings, that, that was his question. He told, he, he's six years old. He asked us if we we're on the way to the airport. Uh, the airports were all bombed uh, for the first week of the war. The Russians bombed all the airports. So we had to get to the other side of Ukraine, which when everything is good, takes 19 hours. Uh, it was a crazy journey. We had to take a car that would take us two, three hours. Then we had another van that took us another five hours. Then we took another family together with us to escape together with them till we got to Moldova. When we came to Moldova, the driver just dropped us there in the middle of the night. It was two o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's minus 10 outside. It's freezing cold. He just drops us off by the board and tell us, you know, just go, go your way. We're standing there with little kids and the other family, they had a baby that was two months old. And I'm standing there. There's, there's tens of thousands of people. Uh, I asked the people, how long does it take to cross the border by foot? Said about 20 hours. And so physically, there's no way we could do, we could physically do it. And uh, so right away, I wrote in the, all the groups and, and online, I wrote people, we need help. This is urgent. This is an emergency. Um, and there was a bus from the Kiev Jewish community that was that was there at the border. They sent us their location. We looked for them. We found them. So many miracles. So many miracles. And thank God, the whole time we were thinking about Israel, coming to Israel. You know, you know, especially when things are hard and not good. It's so, it's so special to know that we have such a country where, where when there's war, we could escape to it. And when, and just the, uh, just the notion that we have such a place kept us alive and and gave us the strength to go to go forward and and make it all the way to israel even though the journey was was horrific so you finally got a flight yeah so there was an emergency flight uh actually by the same organization that right now i'm representing uh jrnu and uh they arranged the flight from israel to pick us up together the, f the plane was full to get together with many many I'm families sure. i'm sure i'm sure and uh yeah we waited nine hours at the airport because so many families were coming from different parts of ukraine and they wanted it wasn't a regular flight whatsoever no no, uh, no i'm sure it wasn't a scheduled scheduled uh no, and you can no wait schedule. nine hours in uh, the philadelphia airport now without any problems so <laughs> yeah now with all the but, flights um, yeah but so you 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 said oh, first of all how are your children Good, good. My children are fine. They're little, so uh, you know, we made sure they're okay. Uh, you know, we spoke to the right people. It took us a few weeks just to relax a little bit. It was. It took. It takes some time after such an experience, but we spoke to people who went through similar experiences. Uh, especially here in Israel, there's a lot of wars as well, unfortunately. Right, right. So there was who to talk to about this, and um, they said, you know, wait a few weeks, see how you're doing, see how you're feeling, how you're functioning. And uh, the rest is going to be good. So talk to me about your impression. You've been now in Israel a couple of months. You're in touch, obviously, with your community uh, in Israel, people back home in the Ukraine. Um, what's, what's your assessment now of the Jewish community of Ukraine? How powerless is their existence? What's your sense of what the, what the near-term future is going to hold? So a lot of it depends uh, on the war. So first of all, what, what's uh, and first part of your question, what's going on here with the community? So here um, we are uh, putting a lot of focus on just keeping everybody together as much as that is possible. Finding them uh, some communities where they could find similarities to to where they grew up with, maybe more Russian speaking people. Uh, 
places with more support, smaller communities, where they could get as much as possible the same feeling that they had. Because people here uh, need a lot of support. Anybody who needs who, who makes an aliyah and changes to a different country needs support, especially right. somebody coming from a, a torn country with with an unexpected war uh, from Ukraine. So that's a big part of what we're doing now here for the refugees here. Just from Kharkiv itself, we made a big porting party. We invited. We had three hundred people. The 300 refugees that just just were so happy and emotional to to see each other. So that's a big part of what we're doing now in Israel. And uh, and to your second part of the question, what is going on now in Ukraine? So together with this with this beautiful organization, uh, we're raising funds and money to send people first of all essentials. The Jewish community there is a lot of elderly people, a lot of people who are hungry literally hungry people need food just in the Kharkov itself uh, we have a kitchen soup kitchen in the shul in the synagogue we're feeding over 300 people every day so thank god we have that system in place this is just me speaking from in my city what is going on from my experience all the rabbis all across ukraine have the same thing going on we have a special bank with medicine we're giving up medicine Um, we have supplies so the buses that 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 rescue people who want to leave Kharkov uh, to to Moldova, so these buses come back with food, uh, medicine, whatever is missing. We get a list, and we provide the money for them. We have our men there on the ground. So my father went in a few times to make sure everybody's fine. So we're we are controlling the situation. We're in control. Of what's going on? We're there. We built a community for thirty two years, so we have a good sense of the situation. In regarding to Ukraine's future, it depends on the war. If the longer the war gets, the more of a problem we have. We do understand that there are some people that are just not ready to leave, and and that is hard for for us sitting here to understand because you know anybody who has been to the U.S. speaks a different language. We understand that there's life also in Israel and there's life in America, but people who only speak Russian or Ukrainian. For them, it's hard to imagine. A different life, especially elderly people, who all they knew was was there was World War Two when they were little, but but life was so peaceful and beautiful in Ukraine. It's hard for them to even imagine a different future. So so these people are going to be there. There are people who are who are uh, there are Jewish people who are pro Ukraine who are not ready to leave their country, even though they know they're Jewish. They identify as Jews, but they also identify as Ukrainians. So they're going to stay there. They're going to fight for their country. They're going to die for their country. This is also important for us here to understand. So there are always going to be Jews there. And it is our job in these hard times to support them. And that's what I'm busy doing now. Uh, I'm now, uh, I was, I was elected to be the ambassador for this beautiful organization to raise money, uh, and funds for taking people out. Chabad is taking out tens of thousands of people from Ukraine and to provide uh, food and medicine. And soon we're going to have a problem with heating. This is something that we're going to, in the winter, something that we're preparing for uh, because there are, there are places with no electricity, there are places with no water. And, and we, w- this is something that we're breaking our heads now, how to make sure to provide heating for everybody as well throughout the winter. So we're looking ahead. You, 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 you just mentioned something about what's going on back home. Your father is still there? So right now he's not because the shelling is impossible. It is too dangerous to be there. 
He went in. But he's still in the Ukraine, right? He's he, still back home in Ukraine? He came now to Israel. He went for, for a few oh. weeks to Kharkiv, but it is just too dangerous to be there. There's shelling, and, and it's so random. The shelling is so random. It's not targeted whatsoever. Just just random buildings. Uh, just this week, tens of people were killed just in Kharkiv itself, in the middle of the city. It is terrible what is going on. It is terrible. It's. It, I'm afraid to open the news to see to see what's happening. So let me ask you, rabbi to rabbi, pastoral counseling question. You were there at the beginning. You're dealing with your people in Israel. You're in touch with your people back home. The the um, the emotional spiritual um, stress. How how do you and 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 you are part of it. Um, how do you enter into this, as we'll call it, pastoral counseling uh, phase when one of your people comes to you and just is overwhelmed and you also can empathize because you've walked this walk? Just can you share some of that, you know, how you deal with that if it's not too personal? That's, that's, a, that's a great question. That That is a great question. Uh First of all, it's tough. It's important to understand that 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 being spiritually strong uh, is is important, and and we get tested at these moments. Um, I never believed in God as strongly as I did, uh, even as a rabbi, uh, when going through hard times. You really, when you're going through hard times, is it's as if you're being squeezed, and your only hope, and you you turn to God for help because you realize that. The, there's no other way out, especially there was a few days that we understood that there's no way f for us to leave the city. Uh, we just turned to God and we prayed and we told our community members to do the same. Just turn to God and ask him for help and, and everything's going to be okay. Um, it's important to understand that we don't understand God's ways. We don't understand why this war is happening and why there's Putin and why he's, he's attacking Ukraine. We don't understand the deeper meaning of things. But what we, there, there are things that are in our control. In our control is how we react to the situation and what we do with the situation. And it is important, even though it's hard to see the good and everything, it's important to still find a way to see the good, to see the beautiful, to see that there's still sun, that the sun is rising, that there's a nice breeze. And, and, and there's some kids are, and their kids were smiling and finding a way out of, out of the pain. Uh, just to stay hopeful and, and to remember that there is, as much as that sounds cliche, but there is light in the end of the tunnel. And, and, and we have to believe it. And even though we don't see it right now because the war is intensifying, we have to continue believing that, that there is a brighter future for the Jewish people, a brighter future for the people of Ukraine. And continue praying to God and, and hoping that this is going to become very soon and, uh, and the war is going to end and, and we're going to live in a, in a world of, in a better world than we're living right now. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine the, the, and, you know, um, that amount of stress dealing with your own community, both at home and now in your new home and also with your kids. Who I'm sure have asked you, you know, Dad, what's going on here, and why? Why are we here? And because it's a challenge, and and, and your wife as well, who also has to enters the same thing. And I hope she is as safe as 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 you are. I I know that 
people have been organized. Um, we've written uh, checks to the World Union for Progressive Judaism, and my movement, the URJ, has collected money, uh, Jewish Federations of North America. Talk to me a little bit about this Jewish Relief Network of Ukraine, which I, not being a betting man, um, but I would imagine that the majority of people in the States have not heard of the Jewish Relief Network for Ukraine. So what is it and what exactly is you, you're the ambassador, uh, Paul Kaplan, who uh, connected us, um, has told you the ambassador. So so what is what is this network and what what do you do? And if somebody wants to get involved with it, how do they do that? Okay, so uh, so what we do is as follows. First of all, the way I, I, I got here, right, the way I got to this position is, is my personal story and my personal experience about the situation of Ukraine. I was there during the war. I was, I was, um, a bomb fell right next door to my house. So, so I personally experienced the war. Uh, I, I grew up in Ukraine all my life. I, that's what I know. That's where I learned to walk and talk and all my friends are from there. So I could really relate to what's going on. And I, and I'm in touch with the people there every single day. So, uh, we're there on the ground and we know, and we know the situation very well. And I decided to to make it my mission to dedicate my life, even though I'm right now here in Israel, to find a way to help, to continue helping in the best way possible to my community members and to the whole Ukraine in general, not just to the city of Kharkiv, but to all the Ukrainian Jewry. Uh, right now, the most important thing that, that we're providing and, and the funds are going to, they are going to food. We're giving out in, throughout Ukraine thousands of meals a day, thousands. We're giving out medicines to thousands of people. We're evacuating thousands of people. Uh, by now, it's already tens of thousands of people that through in the past uh, three months that we took out of the country. These are buses that, that cost tens of thousands of dollars from cities like Kharkov right. to take them all the way to Moldova. Right. This is We're talking about crazy expenses, and we're saving lives. By taking people out of cities like Kharkiv or Mariupol, if anybody anybody will follow the news, these cities, Mariupol doesn't even exist on the map. There's no more buildings left there. People, anybody who was left there, died. It's 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 tragic. And and these funds, this money is going to literally save people from starving by giving them medicine. Literally, we're talking about right now essentials. Essentials, this is what we're providing. In the winter, we're going to find a way to provide heat for for as much people as possible. So we're talking about life and death. And it's an honor for me to be part of such an organization that helps people literally in the, in the, in the, in the most essential uh, part of their lives. Because as we know, uh, Judaism is not only about spirituality and synagogue is not only about connecting to God, it's, it's also being, uh, being able to do so. So if we're not healthy and if we don't have uh, essential things like food, health, uh, warmth in our houses, uh, everything else we won't be able to reach in life. So we got to take care of the essentials. We have to make sure that everybody's well. And uh, that's what we're dealing with now. And anybody who gives money uh, and supports us in every way, and uh, by you giving us a platform, and and by people giving money and donating to this amazing cause, that way we could continue doing it and giving more more money and more supplies and whatever people need there and that they're missing to survive this terrible time. We're there for them. So so we're the hope for these people. 
And I call upon whoever's listening to this, uh, please help. This money is going to go directly to the people of Ukraine who are having a very hard time now. A lot of elderly people as well who really need your help. So just blessing everybody and uh, thanking everybody also. Thanks for being a part of this beautiful thing. So again, if somebody wants to say, okay, I, I really want to help out. I want to write a check or whatever. Where, where do they send it? How do, is there a website? Is there an address? That's, that's really important because people will be, people have been touched by this. I mean, I know the Jewish community in the United States have raised millions of dollars. So where do they, okay, somebody's, somebody's taking out their credit card or taking out their checkbook now and where, where do they send it? So, uh, there's our website, which is jrnu, jrnu.org, the Jewish Relief Network Ukraine. You could either Google it, Jewish Relief Network Ukraine, or just put in jrnu.org. Uh, if it's possible, maybe together with this podcast, we could put a link, jrnu.org. This is our website. And again, the money is going directly to the people of Ukraine, people that I know personally. So, um, so this is a big honor to be part of something so great. So if I go to jrnu.org, I'll be able to follow the directions as to how to donate money, either a credit card or an address to actually send. Is there a United, is there a North American address? If somebody didn't want to do a credit card, they just want to write a check and put it in the mail. Is there a North American address? And it is on the, it's, I'm, and it's, and, and if so, is it on the website? Uh, so there's a donate button on the top right of the page with a link to donate and, uh, somewhere on the website, there should be a website. There should be an address where a check address. address where it could be sent. Uh, it's actually on the bottom of the page. If you go all the way, uh, down, uh, to the end of the page, you should, there's a number that you could call and there is an, a, an address, uh, as well. So you could do all that on the website, jrnu.org. Rabbi Moskowitz, thank you. Uh, before we uh, run out of time, just a, an easy, nice, easy softball question. Um, you've been in Israel for, as you say, a couple of months. You're in touch with your people back home. You were born and raised in Ukraine. Do you do you feel as in your as if you're in Galut now? Are, are you in exile? Are you home? And if the opportunity comes, do you take your people back to, to Ukraine? That's a great question. That's a great question. It's a nice, it's a nice easy softball question. Yes, yes. It's a nice question, uh, but the answer is, is complicated. So uh, the question is simple, well, but yeah, that's a Jewish, Jewish question. A simple question with a complicated answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Uh, our goal is uh, our 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 mission in life is eventually that that uh, the Messiah should come and everybody would come to Israel and live happily ever after in Israel. Yeah, but, but that's not right away. Right, but until that happens, until that happens, and uh, we have the Galut plan, the exile plan, and for for Jews to be in Israel is a great thing. Whoever whoever feels here at home, whoever loves this land, should come and live here. Uh, but we do understand that there's going to be people in Ukraine that are going to stay there and live there. 
if it's going to be safe enough for me and my family to go back and there's going to be a community to serve there, I will come back and serve the community, God willing. Uh, but if not, I'll find a different way to serve the Jewish people in any way I can, because that is my life goal and my life mission. And uh, it's it, even in Israel, I don't feel it's, it's the redemption yet. It's, it, there's wars in the world. Uh, we have to make the world a better place. We have to act. We have to do goodness and kindness. And only then, uh, when we make the world a better place, place that's when we can rest. Uh, but as it says in our, in our scriptures, that a person was created to work. So we're here to do our job, to make the world a better place. And uh, I hope I could continue doing it till my, till my last days. Rabbi Moskowitz, Mendel Moskowitz, thank you very, very much for, for joining us. Thank you for your courage. And uh, I'm sure I'm joined by everybody who's listening or watching this to, to wish you and your family just an embrace of chesed. Um, which is, uh, as you alluded to, a commodity that we are in desperate need of. So, haslacha, um, and just stay safe. That's the most, stay safe and stay healthy right now. That's, that's the most important thing. To all of you, I want to thank you for joining us on this very special edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. Uh, again, if you'd like to contact us with ideas or suggestions or comments on these podcasts, Go to rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com. If you'd like to continue to support the work of uh, these podcasts, uh, go to jewishsacredaging.com and click on the conveniently located uh, donate button to make a tax-free donation so that we can continue our work. Uh, Secrets of Meaning is produced at the Broadcast Center of Lubetkin Media in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And a shout out again to our producer, Steve Lubetkin, for helping to coordinate this I am your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and I look forward to greeting you on our next Seekers of Meeting. In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. Be kind to one another. We desperately need it. Toda Rabbah. Shalom.